1: Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss
0: McGill. And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 332 of The Big Show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Hey, it's been a while, hasn't it? Uh, right at the top of the show, I'll apologize for not having the, uh, Wednesday episode out, and, uh, so, well, now it's Saturday, uh, this is gonna be a tweener episode, I'm recording this Saturday afternoon, so I'll release this, well, you're listening to it now, but I'm gonna release this as soon as I'm done talking, so Saturday afternoon, um, yeah, folks, just, uh, been busy, been busy with life and work. And, uh, I actually applied for a new job on Thursday, still within obviously the, the, the government gig. I'm not giving that up. Obviously I'm a, I'm a lifer, but, uh, just different departments. It's actually a supervisory role. So, but I'm actually looking to, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, just, uh, you know, it's been 15 years in this, in this, uh, current gig and, uh, you know, I have zero job stress, which has always been nice, but uh, just burned out. A lot of work, a lot of physical labor. My body's breaking down. My shoulders are shot. So I think it's time to, uh, you know, step back and hopefully carry a clipboard and answer emails for the last... I got 11 years to go, and I'm out of here. So maybe we'll just wind it down with some, uh, you know, we'll answer emails and look at spreadsheets and do scheduling. And that, that You know, <laughs> we'll see. Well, who knows if I get it? I'd like to think I'll get it, but... Um, We'll see, you never know who's, uh, what their what their decisions are going to be and what their thoughts are, so, but hopefully this week coming up here we'll have an interview and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens, but, uh, you know, I'm sure everyone tuning in just like, uh, we don't care, get on with the show, but just explain what's going on, you know, we're all friends here, you know, you guys have been listening for a while and just kind of letting you know what's going on in my life, but... Uh, so I will say though, uh, my schedule will drastically change if I do get this job and, uh, I will actually have a lot more free time, um, longer days when I work, but more days off. Well, I haven't, well, um, as, as those have listened here over the summer, you've heard me sort of lament on the fact that, uh, I went to the lake for a few days there, but other than that, I have not had a day off since April, so... Uh, I've had four days off since April and so that's been a long go and I'm burned out and again it's not oh 10 14 hour shifts or whatever but you know you go in on the weekend you know for four five six seven hours every day at uh on, on weekends and then of course the nine hour shifts during the week it's uh yeah it's it's a long it's long and I'm burned out and I'm really looking forward to Las Vegas here at the end of the month uh next week actually next Tuesday the 26th um Really looking forward to that. Uh, you know, it's five days shorter than we usually go, but I'm still, I can't wait. Although, holy, what's the, where what the hackers are hitting MGM and they've hit Caesars. Hopefully, they don't hit Boyd Gaming. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, so that's some scary stuff. Hopefully, that doesn't happen and they shut the hotel down or just not to shut it down, but cause a lot of grief. Uh, if those listening don't know what I'm talking about. Check it out. It's wild shit, man. Thirty million bucks they're holding them up for. Whew. Um. But yeah, but anyway, looking forward to Vegas, um, you know, a lot of nerves with the, you know, with the job, you know, cause as you said, you've been somewhere 15 years, you kind of, you're in that pattern, right? And that kind of, some would call it a ru- Not that I hate my job, it's nothing like that, it's just, just breaking down physically, right? And it's, um, but that's the one thing with this new job, it's going to be, you know, going to have some job stress. you're a supervisor position, you got to supervise people, right? And then with that comes its own extra, or its, uh, unique set of challenges, and, uh, so we'll see what happens, but um, yeah. So not to say, oh, once I get the job, I'm not doing this show anymore. No, actually, I'll have more. Well, if it goes according to plan, although what goes according to plan these days, um, I'll actually have more time for this show. So, um, you know, and uh, yeah, looking looking forward to it. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, anyway, I've had that going on. It's my birthday tomorrow. We we're supposed to have family plans today, blah, 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 shit's falling through, whatever. Um, so I don't know, I don't know what's going on. So I didn't want to plan anything. And um, and it's just been, I just been tired after work and stuff. And yeah, it's just, uh, just haven't got to it. And uh, again, so, uh, you know, forgive me, a few days late, but we're here now. But hey, no one... What do you, what, hey, let's, let's talk some hockey, alright? Let's, let's get into this. Enough you know, of this bullshit, alright? Um, well, I just kind of got a little minor league theme today. I'll, although I will say, even though I haven't put out an episode, I did record. With old Francois, who's been on the show before, but he stepped up and did the 10 rapid fire questions. And, uh, I'm, gonna, he will be at the end of the show here. Uh, I want to thank him for coming on the show once again. And, uh, always fun to talk to him. Uh, he's my LNH hookup where he gives me the scoop of what's happening out in Quebec. So, uh, yeah, cause long time listeners know I'm a big LNH fan. So, uh, Francois keeps me up to date there and, um, yeah, just like Alec keeps me up to date with the East Coast League. Him and John, and uh, and then Jay in Iowa keeps me up with the SP the SPHL. See, I got I we, there's fourth line voice correspondence across the country, folks. And this is how when you tune into this show, you're getting the straight goods, the straight scoop. I go to the source. I go to the people that have boots to the ground. I'm not just. Whistling Dixie over here, and I heard they said, like other shows like to do, nuh uh I go right to the source. It's your number it's it's your number one, it's your trusted source and Enforcer News. There you go. How's that tagline? You know. But uh what am I babbling about? I don't know. Uh alright. Well, speaking of Alec and the boys. I got, of course, I got to talk. You know, as I said, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. 100 shows on the network, can you believe it? Um, Of course, I am over on the original content creator side, along with Terry Ryan, who just released merch. I got to pick up my TR gear. Uh, Terry Ryan, Alec at the Five for Fighting Podcast, who just who actually released an episode. He releases shit so infrequently. Every episode should be like an anniversary episode. I'm back celebrating. Yeah. He is he released the kind of uh, the the preseason rankings for toughness in the East Coast League. So definitely check it out. He does have a good a tremendous back catalog. By Lois, Rob Ray, uh Jason Rushton, Nico Blatchman he's had on a number of times, uh, Chris Body. if you if you cats are into the newer guys. So yeah, he's got a, a a wide array of guests, so definitely check out his back catalog. Um I know they've had some some work upheaval there with night shift, day shift, everyone's shift, they're breaking in and stuff. And so he's, he's had to, his, his life sort of been turned upside down at his new job in terms of his shifts. So once that gets straightened away, I'm sure he'll be, he'll be back in the groove. I know, I know he wants to uh, podcast on the regular. So I'm sure what, as the season closes in here and his job sort of straightens out, uh, you'll hear a lot more of him on at a regular appropriate time instead of uh, m- monthly and then of course Jolt and Joe maybe people wish Joe went monthly I don't know but uh, the Islander Coliseum Chronicles podcast uh, again tremendous back catalog Joe's been doing this a long time he's he's him and Alec are new to the uh, network so I guess I don't know if it was when they moved over to the networks thing or what happened but a lot of Joe's early shows uh, were cut off. And uh, so he has been re-uploading them uh, with a current spin on it. And his newest one is... Or his newest old one, I guess, is Mike McWilliam, who I've had on my show as well. And he is a tremendous guest. I would definitely uh, check out that episode. And, uh, yeah. And I know Joe had suggested that myself and Ken Campbell, since I've been doing... Since I'm a top badge earner with the hockey news, that... And Ken Campbell also has a show on the network. Uh, You know, the network has... Hey, every network, you know, has to have its warts. So, you know, I I, I don't know. I'm, we're in the original content creator side. I'm Campbell must be in the asshole creator side. Must be something like that. I'm not, I'm sure. Uh, buffoon side, whatever. But uh, yeah, that, I will speak ill of coworkers. Do you guys like all your coworkers? You certainly don't. So I just say it out loud. So we'll see if that gets me heat with the brass. I don't know. But uh, they probably agree with me. But uh, yes, Kenny, Kenny. It's funny. All the player, all the ex NHL players I've talked to, like none of them have any respect for Campbell, fucking buffoon. But uh, as listeners know, here in the last little month or so, the the hockey news uh, has been doing enforce. They had Enforcer Week in August, and uh, they put out a few articles, and then they, they had a bunch of their. They're scribes from different towns, as I said, the different uh, satellite uh, hockey news writers who will work for a ham sandwich and a yoo-hoo, Uh They got them to write out, uh, their post their five toughest from each team, and oh, we had a Columbus and we had Dallas, and we all oh, it was good times. So I went through those lists, and I, I to be honest, I can't completely throw shit on all of it because some of the lists were actually fairly decent. So, but there was a couple gems. And uh, and like I said, with every list, they had it's in typical hockey news fashion. They had to, of course, mention well, just take it with a grain of salt because they don't fight anymore. There's no more enforcers and blah blah. They they had to shoehorn that part in just so you know, you know. So, but we had had fun doing that. And I have one last one, one last hockey news list today, and it is the top minor league enforcers to watch out for this year. So. Uh, we will check that out. And I also had another list sent to me. It was a while ago, but I think, I think seeing as, uh, this, this thing came up, with the hockey news, it seems to be an appropriate time to use this list. It is the top six. six I don't know where they get these numbers from, like three, five, 10, you'd think, but we're doing six, uh, enforcers in AHL history. So you just think of that, the American Hockey League history. That's a. Uh, we're going a long ways here, so I well, I'm interested to see what the, I have not looked at either of these lists. So we'll see what happens here. I will discover them with you. I uh, said then that way the reactions are genuine, and uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. So, all right, well we got a minor league list. We got the. I know Joe's dying for me to do my week on the internet. <coughs> so. I don't have a lot. Um, I do have a few uh, gripes. I did find a few things funny, though. Um, of course, Rob, who in the hockey fights and brawls page, is famously puts up old drop your gloves fight cards for individual players and and uh, different seasons, and the people talk about them and comment and break them down. I I just I find humor in the comment section. Um, you know, these supposed like I said, big fight fans that don't know you know, uh, shit from apple butter about really what's going on. Uh, the one guy, or so Rob puts up Chris Neal's fight card, and from a certain, yeah, I can't remember what season it was, but it was, you know, one of his bigger years. And uh, people were oh, I, I like Neal. Not that fight when he had with so-and-so was a good one and everything else. Of course, one guy's got to type in, yeah, but old Robbie Ray sure slapped Neal around every time they fought. That was his comment, you know. To which Rob quickly replied, Chris Neal and Rob Ray never fought in their careers. Like, so, yeah, thanks for contributing, Scott. Good job, you know. Just, like, fucking buffoonery. Like, as always, there's got to be some friggin' big mouth that's got to chime in. Like, Like, Robbie Ray sure slapped them around, though. Oh, yeah, okay, well, they never fought, so. But this goof thinks he knows. He's the fight guy amongst his friends. Oh, yeah. You know, and then uh, it's just I don't know. Well, that was funny. Even like last week, um, this past week, uh, when I was looking for a guest, and I uh, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not. Uh, but I quickly posted. I said, "Who's free tonight?" When I get or today when I get home at two o'clock to do a rapid fire. From now on, I am just going to go and ask people privately, like in the group, who I. Who I I like I see their comments I see their posts and you know they always post good shit or their knowledge or they come across as knowledgeable like so far that's always what I've done and I've kind of set them a DM privately Hey do you want to come on the show and what, that's how I've gotten people hence that's why the ten rapid fire shit has been good because I don't get bozos I I uh, I guess I'm screening I screen the guests before I get them on well and this time I couldn't and uh, well Francois I've already had him on he was good and whatever. And, um, had a few folks, uh, reply, tried to set up a couple times, didn't really work out, uh, on their part or on my part, and I'm not laying blame on anybody, um, but I got Francois, so that was good, um, I, I always, I laugh though, and I've done this a number, I've done this a few times, asked for guests. It's, it's funny, I, I noticed the group Big Mouths that always have something to say, you know, and they gotta flap their fucking, uh, their lips in every fucking comment section about shit. I noticed they sure don't answer my posts when I ask for podcast guests though. Can't come on and do it audio though, you can't... You, you won't talk on a podcast, but you can, sure, behind a keyboard, flap your lips and, and act like, you know, that always kind of strikes me, struck me funny, strikes me funny, um, you know, with a big mouth, sure, come and hide when, uh, when it, when they're called about, when, or when, you know, when the opportunity arises. You got so much to say all the time in the group, here's your, here's your chance to come on, on live on the air and, and share your wisdom, but I notice that doesn't happen, Um you know, um, well, and the other one, and William, I'll tell you, you William's a troublemaker. You know, old, old William Chipaway there, the old uh, the admin there, in one in one of the fight group, fight hit some brawls group, and he's been on the show a couple times. I like William's a good dude. Uh, certainly, I'll have him on again. Um, and he monitors that site pretty good. He he doesn't want any bullshit and everything else. Of course, somebody they're doing the fantasy matchups or whatever. Of course, somebody puts up. Gordy versus Larry Robinson. Oh, you talk about something that's right up the fourth line voices fucking alley here that that's going to get me going. Um, yeah, it, I always laugh at these guys that go on and on about how great Gordy was. Uh, but yet you've, you're like 51 years old. When did you see Gordy Howe play? When did you see all these fights? I watched him in the West, in the WHA. Well, he didn't have a fight in the WHA and he was like 106 then. So I, when did you see all these Gordy fights? There's no footage, but yet somehow the, you, you're just Gordy Howe aficionados. I guarantee you have never researched shit. You've never looked anything up. Just like all these Larry Robinson fans, all you're going to yell about is Schultz. The same thing with Howe. All you're going to yell about is Fontenato. That's the only two things you can ever talk about. You can't list any other fights. Nothing, but grandpa said, or dad said, or whatever, and it's, you know, and I, you know, if you think Gordy can beat Larry or Larry, I don't give a shit, I just laugh at just this thing that these guys all talk like they know, it's just, fascinates me, like the one guy, I guess, I guess you never saw Big Bird play, hey bro, we, I, you didn't either apparently, who'd he fight then, who are all his massive wins against that make Larry so scary? Well, yeah, I guess you didn't see the Schultz fight. Okay, and? That's one. He played 20 years. That's one fight. Any more? Oh, he kept the Bruins honest. Oh, he did, did he? Oh, okay. How? I don't I don't have the time to, to explain it to you. Oh, okay. I guess so. Yeah. Oh, you know why Gordy didn't have enough fight? Nobody wanted to fight him. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they didn't. Yeah, I'm sure all the other tough guys of the era were just shaking in their boots. Oh, I love that one. No one wanted to fight him, yeah, because no one would want to get Gordy Howe off the ice for five minutes. Fuck. Okay, but anyway, that topic reared its ugly head again. William, thank you for bringing that to my attention. That's all I'm going to talk about that because I've yapped for numerous episodes about that topic. Uh, what What else do I got here? Uh, what I uh, oh, well, the other thing that hit the, hit the. The podcasting scene, I guess, was John Murasty's appearance and appearance on Spitting Chiglets uh, this past week, and hey, it was uh, it, it was it cool to see John getting uh, that platform. And uh, I saw clips; I didn't listen to the interview, but I've seen a few clips uh, here and there, like what do they call Fa- reels or Facebook shorts? Um, yeah, it was cool. Um, you know, I mean, I I did that interview two years ago, but. I'm not spitting chiglets, so uh, you know. Uh, I always say as a as a content creator, I, Alec and I have always often laughed about this when when these guys show up on chiglets and all these chiglets guys go on that this is the greatest interview. It's like, yeah, I, we did this a year ago on our show, and it, I actually know who John Morazdi is and I know his career. I like Biz and Wit and those guys, uh, you know, but they're they're not doing any research or anything. They don't know where he played junior. Or, you know, they just talk about the the low-hanging, you know, Danbury, the Russia wedding thing that somebody showed him a video of, the boss they fight, and then, and of course then Biz will talk about fighting Marasty, you know, and it's like, they don't know anything about him, right? I don't know, I just find it, uh, and I mean, I get it, but it's just like, I don't know, to me I always find that kind of annoying when they when the host doesn't really know. Again, I'm not saying you got to know every last detail of a guest, but I mean, Jesus, really? Like, you're not even going to look up where he played Jr.? Come on, you know it's just like uh, I don't know, but uh, not that I have any problem with spit and ch- Whatever. The only issue I have was the other issue I kind of have with spit and chiglets is um, uh, the fact that okay, in your promos when you're when you're talking about like Marasty and Danbury, and as he's talking, you're showing a video. Well, you get the video off of my YouTube channel, and you slap your bar stool watermark on it it's like really do you have to own everything like you couldn't just play the video and in the maybe in the description or something say oh found a fourth line voice like I know you did that with the Bissonette camp, uh, training camp footage way back when that made the rounds all over Twitter and you got to sla- again slap your watermark on it and what it's like again you're part you're you're the biggest media company on social media you're the biggest hockey podcast in the world can you not give anyone else any credit ever like, I know that's how all these things operate. and It's just, it's the Wild West on social media. And Barstool has grown their empire by basically over the years stealing shit anyway. and same on the internet. Whatever. Like, I get it. You've made it, though. You're at the top of the mountain. Like, can you not just say you got it here? It doesn't matter. Like, is it that hard? Like, I don't know. It's just, can't you give someone else the rub? Like, I don't. It's like all these... Play- like, Yeah, I don't know. and I know Alec has had the same thing go... Same thing happened to him with like... Um, well, I haven't looked at the list yet. But I mean... Because uh, I've actually done this in parts. And I went and just redid the whole thing. But I know... Talking to Alec... When I talked about... Oh, I was going to do the... Or he said something about the... It was the minor league list. And he goes... Oh, yeah. Well, so... Because uh, it's the media... It's on Facebook. So they have when they say the guy then they have the clip and it's like okay so they say this guy and then and then they use a clip from Alex's channel but of course they can't credit his pot his YouTube channel they just got to take the clip and upload it's like seriously like you like it's funny though on certain pictures they'll credit the photographer which is cool but you can't you're not going to credit the the YouTube account that you took the video from now, I understand the hypocrisy of what I'm saying because it's like, well, did you film that? Like, no, I didn't film it either. But it's just like, I, you know, whatever. But I'm not slapping my watermark on it and just like, I don't know. I just, if you're going to use something, like, can you not just say where you got it from? That's all. Like, no one's out where you got to pay me 20 bucks to use the Like, I'm not saying that, but can you not just, oh, found it, fourth line voice, or found it, 5 for Fighting YouTube channel. Can you not just do that? Like, I don't know. So I always laugh at, like, HockeyFights.com. You go in there, oh, we're doing the top 100 fights of all time. Which cracks me up because, like, anything before 2000, believe me, the fucking bozos running that own HockeyFights.com know, don't know anybody in these fight clips, but whatever. But they're putting up some fight clip. Oh, and it's Stan Jonathan versus something. Oh, there it is. HockeyFights.com watermark on the video. Fuck! Like they just took it from somebody's YouTube channel. They don't own shit. They never uploaded nothing. They've the current shit from about what twenty fourteen on. They've done. They've done that, or they have their little minions uploading shit. I know that. That's their shit. Okay. Anything before that, though, like old Western Hockey League shit. Like I, I noticed one of my Terry Ryan clips. Oh, that's they got put that up there. My Rocky Thompson that I got from the Saskatoon Blades game tapes. Oh, yeah, it's got hockeyfights.com written on it now. Like, oh, yeah, that's yours, is it? Like, fuck, it just doesn't end. It's just these fucking assholes. Just gotta. You have no. No one's original anymore. Everyone's just gotta steal shit. I don't get it. I don't know. It's just. Whatever. You know, I. I, I, Be original. Like, do you really need to steal? Like I don't like it. I don't know. Like I just said, when you're that same thing with HockeyFights.com, you're you're the you're the while well, you're the only fight site around. So do you really need to take everyone's shit and just slap your name on it? Like can't give anybody any credit. I don't know. Now I know there's probably some people out there listening. Like they're just like, who gives a shit or whatever. And it's just all content, bro. Yeah, it, the people saying that have never created anything. You've never taken the time to go through your shit, or go get game tapes, or upload anything, or do a podcast on anything, or research anything. You know, nothing. You've never done any of that. Try to come up with a concept for your show, and and then have some other... Like, when you're like the mom and pop shop, and all of a sudden Walmart moves in next door, or a Costco, and they just bury you. And everybody go oh yeah, that's because they're, they're better, blah blah. Uh, okay, like... Like I get it. I I don't have anything against spit chiglets or anything like that. It's not. It's not. But it's like, well, they haven't, you know, bothered my some of my video clips. But um, there's been other podcasts that have taken my ideas, you know. And I mean, some of them are fairly vanilla, and it's like, wow, is that really your? Well, I was the only one doing it at the time. But you know, and I know hockey voice thought they've taken my tournament ideas and everything, and. I mean you know what what do they always say what is it uh, is it, uh oh jeez what 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 labored uh, metaphor am I trying to do here? Imitation is a serious form of flattery I mean that that theres the what I'm trying to say um but it just I don't know it just gets frustrating it, and it's just I don't know anyway. Whatever, I was just I'm in a mood about that a little bit. I, when I see that shit, it irritates me, especially. And it's one thing if it's from, you know, Joe Blow that's got nine listener. I yeah, you know, I don't care. But when it's the biggest podcast in the world or the one of the biggest hockey fight sites in the world, and it's just like, do you really do you need to do that that bad? Like just kind of I don't know. It know, instead of like helping every, like, when you're that big, why not help other shows like grow? You know, I don't know. Like, I mean, we've all, like, in our own little world that are, like, believe me, I, like I've always said, I understand where I am on the pecking order of podcasting in the world. I get it. I, I do. I'm not trying to sound like I'm bigger than I am. Oh, believe me, I know my place. But it's just like, but Alec and Joe and I and, and Terry Ryan and everyone else. We've all tried to, like, help each other and, you know, have each other on the shows or repost or whatever each guy's episode and pump it up. And, you know, you you try to, like, expose your listeners to their stuff, too. This isn't a competition or whatever. I mean, we're all trying to do the best we can and everything like that. But it's like, I I don't feel any, comp. I don't mean it this way, but it's like, I don't feel like I'm in competition with Alec or Joe. I mean, I think for the most part, we have the same fucking listeners anyway, but it's just like. You know, they, we're, we're all, we're the same, but different. We all have our own unique voice and how we approach things and our different show setups and that type of thing. So, but we all try to help each other and we'll talk to each other and, Hey, you should get this guy. Have you ever had that guy? Have you ever asked him before? Cause you know, I'm not stepping on Alec or Joe's toes and they're not going to do mine or, you know, so we try to help each other, but you get these other fucking yahoos and it's just like they, they just look at this. Like, oh, it's every man for themselves. They're going to walk over everybody to try to... I don't know what clout, air quotes, you think you're gaining. Or, like, okay, like you're just coming across like a douchebag. And that's been startup shows that haven't lasted. Some shows that are still around, whether it be fight fans or ex-players that act like buffoons and, you know, backstab and take subtle shots. And, I mean... I don't know. If I ever have a problem with someone, I'll just throw it out loud. I'll just say it, you know, whatever. I'll talk to them. Like I'll send them a message or talk to them on the phone or, you know, like, Hey man, what's up? Like, what are we doing here? Like, I, you know, I don't need to, if I come on my show, it's cause I've already talked to them about it privately, but you know, it's just this subtle backhanded, this passive aggressive shit. Like, it's just like, okay. Like why? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Again, I'm going around and around a circle. I guess uh, what one of the things that I, I, I noticed, and I'm, not, I'm I'm here, I'm going against what I just said, but um, I don't have a problem because it's not in my business, but I, I just see it and I've seen this from other shows because I've had, I've, I've had a few guys over the years ask me about podcasting and, you know, and some, maybe if I have some advice for them or what, again, I'm not. I'm not coming like I'm coming from some position. I'm on the top of the mountain. Listen to me, kid. You know, uh, but I've 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 done 332 episodes. I I so I'd like to think I kind of know what's going on and how to sort of navigate the podcasting landscape. And you know, what I have a few tips that I could offer. You know, maybe some things to do that I did that you don't that I stumbles that I had that hopefully you don't because I can give you some advice and whatever. And so they'll ask me private messages or whatever. And I, and I always take time to answer as best I can and, and hopefully help them out. And I've, and I've told them if they need a, if it's a hockey show, a couple of them haven't been, but it was a couple of them were hockey shows. But if you ever stuck for a guest, I'll happily come on and whatever. If you need something, let me know. And I've done that on a few shows. Um, anyway, my point being is I saw the other day, you know, there's always, every day someone's starting a podcast or whatever. Well, right away it's, uh, I'm gonna do this, this and this, and I'm gonna rule the, someday gonna rule the podcast world and whatever. And that's like, hey, that's cool that you have these ambitions and, and you have those goals. I'm not knocking anybody for it. Um, but I've always said when you're doing the podcast, do it for the right reasons. Like, don't do it for, if you're doing this to like somehow you're going to get air quote famous from this or clout or whatever you think's going to happen um I don't know I would do it because it's you want to do it and you're passionate about the subject that you're talking about um like when I started this there was I was the only one doing hockey fight podcast and I did it because I was I've always said I heard an interview, I think it was with Tony Twist, and they asked him two fight questions, and the rest of it was spent talking about the Blues game from the other night, and I was like, fuck this, like, I'm going to do my own show and ask these guys the questions I've always wanted to ask as a fight fan, and uh, and I never thought I'd have 332 episodes, but here we are, but I did it because I enjoyed talking about hockey fights, I had a lot of stuff that I wanted to share, I had a lot of ideas that I wanted to do, and I had players at the time on social media that I wanted to talk to, and I talk to most of them and there's still some that I still want to talk to and, you know, and, and I wanted to bring that and I, and I felt that a certain, the segment, a certain segment of the hockey population demographic that listens to these shows wasn't being um, highlighted or given uh, content. And that was the fight fan uh, outside of the odd enforcer interview. So it was, uh, that's why I started this show and uh and it was for no reason to oh someday i'm going to be on the network or i'm going to be big or get paid or no i just wanted to talk about hockey fights and hopefully some fellow fight fans would listen and we could all sort of maybe come on the show and talk about our experiences and if a player would come on that would be cool and we could ask him about the different fights we've seen and blah 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 and that's that's why i did it it had nothing to do with Trying to become famous, or you know, whatever that means nowadays. I mean, everyone's looking for their fifteen minutes. But I, I don't understand this. What do the kids call it, clout chasing. It's just. Um, I guess I'm too old. I, I don't know. I, I don't get it myself. But to go back to my original thing, it's just like if you're not doing it for personal, like for for a, uh, for fun, and and you're and it's a topic you're passionate about. Uh, I can't see it being very successful. Um, cause I think it takes a long time to get noticed. It takes a long time to get listeners. And, uh, you know, and again, oh, if you're an ex athlete, whatever, well, that's different because you can get all the players and whatever. I'm talking from just a fight fan, nobody like myself. If when you start a show, it is very, very hard to grow and it takes a while and you have to be patient. But everybody, it's just, oh, after a couple episodes, I want to sponsor and let's go and, I'm going to be huge in like three months. It's like, no, it takes a lot longer than that. And I don't know. Be in it for the right reasons, I guess, is all I'm trying to say. So anyway, how about we'll do this and then uh, we'll, we'll get into things. And now here's a word from our sponsor. Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use the code THPN to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.sot1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resorts in Kansas City, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com/slash-football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. And now back to
1: your regularly scheduled program.
0: Oh yeah, that was that was the other thing I wanted to mention. I forgot. Uh, yeah, the friggin' Blue Jays. Ah. Oh. Just disgusted with the Jays. It's just like can can never hit with runners in scoring position. And I'm telling you that friggin' Guerrero, man. I always say like I, it was funny because people always, especially here, you know, with the Jays and everything. It's like oh, Guerrero's our superstar, whatever. And I just look at these other teams like you got know, Bats and Trout and Judge and you know whatever and Olson and, and Acuna and Acuna and Atlanta and just. These big name guys, is Vladimir Guerrero in that level? No. He's not. He's just, you're a fucking lazy, I don't know, you're, oh, Guerrero just bugs me. And this whole bullshit that he gets the translator and everything else, you ever notice when the guy's on first base, oh, it's just, uh, you know. oh, Vladdy's just talking a mile a minute to everybody at first base, all these English speaking guys, oh, he can seem to speak English, maybe they should do the interview standing on first base, then maybe he can speak English. It's like, what are we doing? Like, really? I don't know. He just he just seems like a fucking donkey. Uh, but talk about, you're like, you're in the minute, middle of a wild card race, and these guys are just, you know, like, they're just like you're playing out the string or something. I don't know. It's just, it's been embarrassing to watch. And, I don't know. I, I said the other night, I said, you know what the Jays need? The Jays need a good brawl. Like, that's the one thing I've noticed throughout the year. Just not with the Jays, but with everybody. Can, does anybody just ever hit anybody anymore? Like, these guys all, it's 7-1. These clowns are doing pimp trots after home runs of throwing bats. Like, oh, even Acuna the other day, the guy threw inside twice, and he's glaring out at him. Wasn't even close to hit. I mean, he's already glaring at him. And it's like, holy, you soft bitch. I'm like, that third one should have been right between your shoulder blades, you know. But no one throws at anybody anymore. It's just like, why not? Like, just hit one of these prima donna. I don't know. The Jays need a brawl. That's what they need. That's too late now, but they needed a brawl. That's what, you know. But yeah, I don't know. No one pitches inside anymore. But here we are. Well, what did I say? We get into this list, and I mean, and then we'll we'll get into this uh, Francois rapid fire. But uh, well, we'll do the hockey news list first. All right. So here uh, in in Enforcer Week, top fighters in the AHL and East Coast League. Okay. Well, this is where they were using Alex videos. Who, who's out on the ice in the AHL and East Coast League punishing their opponents for dropping their gloves? Jacob Stoller features six of the top fighters during Enforcer Week. Alright. Year after year, there's a select group of minor league enforcers that put their opponents on notice whenever they're on the ice. Sure, there are fewer fights in hockey as a whole these days, but fisticuffs are far from extinct in minor league hockey, with both the AHL and East Coast Hockey League curtailing staged fights off faceoffs. Enforcers just have to pick their spots better. These days, that stage thing is so stupid. These days, the best pound for fighter, pound for pound fighters, are more than just fighters. The best fighters in the American and East Coast leagues are made up of a mixed bag, players with varying paths of pro hockey talent and ability outside of punching and dodging. So, while we're at it, let's dive right in. Here are the five best minor league fighters in hockey today. All right, number. One, well, they don't have list. Just have a name. Well, here you go. Good start, good start. Alex Gallant, Calgary Wranglers, American League. Since entering the American League in 2015-16, Alex Gallant has put up 56 fights, the league high, by a landslide, according to AHLtracker.com. To put that figure into perspective, that's 11 more than the player trailing him for the league lead. Uh, The 6-foot left winger may not fight as often as he used to. Uh, He averages .017 fights per game over the last four years. A decline from his first four seasons of .03 Okay, he undoubtedly or point z- zero zero point three zero. Sorry, he undoubtedly remains one of the AHL's best fighters this season. Gallant got the upper hands against heavyweights Colin Marino and Keaton Middleton. Um. Okay. Yeah, I, the Gallant brothers are awesome. They're probably like uh, I would assume Brett's on here too. Uh, I'm actually surprised they didn't just say the Gallant brothers. Um, yeah, Brett and oh, Alex Gallant. I've always said are probably the two toughest guys in hockey. Um. Well, I will put Brett Gallant. I would say he's the toughest guy in hockey. I, I can't see Reeves or Lucic or them. no I mean, I'm. At, oh, they'd never beat Gallant. He'd kill him. I'm not saying that, but I'm like, and I would say in a best of whatever series. Yeah, I'd I'd put Gallant over any of those guys. But uh and yeah, both these guys are super. T- I love the Gallant brothers. I'm pumped to see Alex is on here. Right on. All right. Boko Imama, all right, is more than just a fighter. The 27-year-old established energy player at the American league level. He's even sued up for nine NHL games across the last two seasons, but the six foot one, two pound drops the gloves. He's a force to be reckoned with. Imama weaponizes his low center of gravity to outlast opponents and gain an edge ahead of releasing his punishing right-handed punches. It's been two seasons with the Arizona organization. He signed a one year, two way deal with the Ottawa centers on July 1st. Um, I'm not going to lie. I've seen a bit of this guy. I think Reeves slot this guy around a little bit. Um, I don't know what I've seen of them. Yeah. I mean, whatever. I mean, I, I would think McIlrath; those guys are better. But I mean, you know, we'll see as this list go. Would they say five? So, I mean, I'm not saying this guy's a punching bag or anything, nothing like that. But I mean, I don't know. For again, I'm not the guy. Again, again I'm discovering this list with you, so I didn't. It's not like I went and watched a whole bunch of his fights before, uh, before after reading this list. Um, the fights I have seen of him, whatever. Um, but all I will say, he went after the fight. I saw, he did Reeves hit a guy and he went right after Reeves. I'll give him that. I mean, he had to, that's his thing, but, um, he didn't look that great in the fight, but you know, whatever he went after him. Um, I mean, I'll have to go down the rabbit hole later and check out this guy's stuff. Um, but the, I, I have seen him fight and I've seen a few of his American league fights and I, I don't know. I just sort of, He ain't Nicholons. We'll put it that way. That's not fair, though, to do that. But, uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that. We'll see. Well, this guy I do know. Travis Howell. There you go. Right-wing free agent. Yeah. Uh, I believe he has signed back with San Diego in the American League, I believe. Uh, 22-23 season Howell just one. Had just one AHL game on his hockey resume. The 29-year-old spent most of his nine-year professional career in the East Coast League, tallying 862 minutes and 236 games. He split this past season with the Jacksonville Iceman of the East Coast League and the American League San Diego Gulls in 24 games with the Anaheim Ducks AHL affiliate. (laughs) He registered 0.29 fights per game, the third most of any NHL player. Any AHL player with at least 20 fights. Why don't you just say how many fights he had? Uh, it's it, it, 0. 0.29 fights per, okay. Um, no, I like how, Howell. how's big dude. Uh, it's probably the kind of the kingpin of the East Coast. Like him and Nuber had some great tilts. Um, how getting into it with like Blatchford and those guys, uh, you know, as the last couple East Coast league seasons, I, I dig how man and, uh, big bastard can throw down. Um, yeah, it's cool that he made the list right on and, uh, it'll be interesting to see him in the American league again this year if, if he does stick. Kyle Newber, oh, there you go. Kyle Newber is a rock star as it gets. Back to back Kelly champion as a stellar flow. He runs over opponents like a bulldozer. You rarely see him lose a fight. Newber's six hundred sixty-one minutes at two hundred twenty-eight East Coast League games. Oh, uh, here's the video. I'm sure that's one of Alex. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I know Newber hasn't signed yet. Who know? Yeah, it's always one of those. Is he going to come back for another year? I mean, he's got a lot of mileage on him. Um, you know, uh, we'll see. Um, I, I like Newber, big guy. Uh, yeah, again, one of the tougher guys in the America or in the East Coast League for sure. Him and Howe have had some great battles. Um, five for fighting podcast or well, five for fighting on the YouTube channel. Uh, he's got lots of East Coast League stuff when it's not getting shut down and by the league and everything else. So check out his Newber stuff. He, uh, He's got some good stuff on that channel, but and and I like I said that that's the one thing I I I was saying earlier in the show with Alex, kind of like my East Coast League guy. I mean, he was the guy that's hey, check this dude out, check this guy out, and would you know when you see the clips and whatever. And uh, and hey, if it wasn't for Alec, you wouldn't be seeing the clips. Um, so he was the one that got me on doubt I mean, I knew Kyle Newber from obviously from the OHL days and everything else, but. Um, I hadn't paid that much attention cause I just don't anymore. And, uh, he was in Florida. Of course, Alec at the time was living in Florida and would go to the Everblades games. And he's just like, you gotta see this dude, man. Um, you know, I remember the name and shit and just see some of the clips and yeah, bad dude, man. I dig it. Hopefully he resigns and, uh, gets back at it. Justin Knockbauer from the Coachella Valley of Firebirds, the American League. Spent past season mainly in the East Coast League in Grenville. Recorded 17 points, 177 minutes in 40 games, while leading the East Coast League in fights with 13. Although it has yet to be officially announced, league several league sources confirmed to the Hockey News that Knockbauer has signed a two-way AHL contract with Coachella for next season. I believe that's uh, Don Knockbauer's kid. Um, seen a few of his fights off of Alex's channel in the East Coast League. Uh, like I said, he led the league in penalty minutes. Um, I can't comment more than that. But, uh, hey, you lead these Coast League in fights and then you sign a deal up with the American League. I hope he continues. And, I mean, uh, I've never understood fight limits in the Ameri- in uh, minor league hockey, which is ridiculous, but they're not going to go away. Well, Southern Pro League doesn't have one, um, but the American League with their 10-fight rule in these, eh, whatever. But, um, well, clearly that didn't stop me at 13 last year. So, again, I'm not going to sit here and act like a knock-bar expert. I'm not. But... Uh, Cool, man. Last, but not least. Ah, oh, there you go. Nico Blatchman. A free agent. Well, he's not a free agent anymore. Nico Blatchman has signed with the Kalamazoo Wings for this year. In a lot of ways, Blatchman is a retro-style player. He's closed League journeyman as a straight-up enforcer recording 11 fights this past season and 11 the year prior. Blatchman, 25, is one of the rare players in minor league hockey whose main attribute it is is fighting ability. Um, after initially trying out in the USHL, he headed north to play junior hockey in Canada where he split time between Quebec and the Maritime League. Uh... Spent 12, 12 games at U Sports hockey at Concordia University. Blatchford turned pro in the twenty twenty one season, and he's bounced around the minor leagues ever since. Yeah, I always wonder if Blatt, if Nico will end up in the Quebec League because he can play since playing junior in Quebec. He can he's eligible to play in the LNAH. So I always wonder once if the East Coast League stuff once it dries up if he uh, if he heads back to the LNAH because that'd be interesting. Blatchford in the LNAH that'd be wild. But yeah, no, it's cool that he signed in K, in Kalamazoo. So he's back for another year in the East Coast League. Um, wow, that's a, like I said, you have a minor league list with no Brett. You had Alec, but you, Alex, but no Brett Gallant. Eh, I don't know about that, but I like the guys that were on the list though. That's cool. Uh, good list. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens, but Nico Blatchman signed with Kalamazoo now. So here we go. Um, it'll be interesting. East Coast League it's where it's at, folks. I'm telling you. And you got Ryan Devine, the Ice Wars champ from this past Ice Wars. He is signed with Kansas City in the East Coast League. So I know he's itching to go. My boy Cade McNally, he signed with Fort Wayne. And uh, so uh, let's see how the big young kid does. Yeah, I know he's ready. To, I talked to him on the phone there the other night. And he's, he's fired up. And, uh, you know, he's just got to clear up a few uh, odds and ends off ice. And he will be down there. Probably a little later after the season starts, but he, he plans on getting down there. So, uh, it'll be interesting to watch him play his first pros, take his steps, first steps to pro So, and I know he's itching to get into a couple. So, uh, I know Divine's itching for him. As he said, he's, he's ready for him. So, uh, yeah, we got that one coming, folks. We'll see how it goes, but yeah, pay attention to the East Coast League. Don't sleep on it, but, uh, all right. Well, the other list I had somebody sent me way back when, and I thought this would be fitting to do, uh, was a top six AHL fighters of all time. And like I said, that that oh, how do you, how do you do that list? Six the uh, six all American Hockey League guys. Um, so let's we'll click here and we'll we'll have a look here. I op- I'll open it up. Uh, Doug Tennant wrote this uh, hockey hockey writer hockey inside writers i don't okay oh it's from about four years ago okay three years ago all right uh it's just it's kind of a uh, whoever sent i can't i'm sorry whoever sent this to me i didn't keep your name i just have it's almost like a word it's kind of a cotton cut and paste deal i don't know if this is from a website or i don't know what this is but anyway let's well, you know, he's got some write-ups here. Oh, and they go six to one. Okay, because the first number number six is Jerry Fleming. Well, I love Jerry Fleming. There you go. Uh play all seven years in Fredericton, played two hundred and seventy one games, had one thousand thirty five penalty minutes. The six foot five, two hundred and fifty pound Fleming, uh, nephew of past NHL tough guy Reg Fleming. Oh, I didn't know that. Um is a folk hero in Fredericton, took on all comers. Big Jerry would throw down, has has now been coaching for the last twenty seasons. Uh, yeah, I love Jerry Fleming, uh, yeah, I have some, there's some really good fights on my YouTube channel, well, just on, on YouTube in general, if, for those listening, Je- definitely check out Jer- Jerry, Fleming, he's huge. he had big, he fought everyone, Rocky, Bialoas, Link, a great fight with Link Gates when Link was in Cape Breton, check that one out, it's awesome, it's on YouTube, um, some great fights with Bonvi, um, yeah, I love Jerry Fleming. He was awesome. I wish he had gotten more of a chance in the NHL. Um, but, you know, your Montreal a tough lineup to crack. But, yeah, he played in the Quebec Junior League. And, um, uh, again, folks, I'm, I'm, I'm discovering this list with you, so I didn't have time to go back and, like, do all these, re- oh, watch this fight, watch. So this is all going off the top of my head. But um, but I know I have a bunch of Fredericton stuff, DVDs with him on them. And, yeah, like I said, he was there for the seven seasons and uh, – Tough dude, man. I believe he's a registered nurse. That's the toughest nurse you'll know. Um, But, yes, there you go. Hey, good start, Jerry Fleming. I mean, it's interesting because they didn't put any parameters on the list or he didn't have any write-up before. Like, how did you come up with these findings? I mean, what do you do? I'm just like, I mean, i will see how far back he goes. I don't know. But I'm just like, you know, how far do you go back to, like, Larry Zydell and Don Cherry and Battleship Kelly and all these guys? Like, you know, because how old is the American League? It's been around since, the what, the 40s? You yeah, know, I don't even know, 40s, 50s? It's like, you know, that's like if you do an all-time list, and it's like old John Ferguson. Well, you never really saw him fight, or, you know, Eddie Shore. You know, it's just like, I don't know. So, I'm sure this will be fairly heavy with current players, because that's all you can really judge it on. Because I'm assuming the writers about the same age as I am, give or take. So, that your only experience has been with guys basically from the 80s on, so... I'm assuming that's what this list is going to be. Whereas toughest in the American league history. I mean, you know, but anyway, let's just go through the list here. I'm already cutting it off before, you know, we'll do some, we'll do some talks on the, uh, on the back half here. But, uh, so we had numbers. I was laugh six. Okay. So six was Fleming. Number five, Archie Henderson. Oh, there you go. Six, six, two thirty. played eight years in American league, 439 games, 1650 penalty minutes. Um, Already has a bad dude. Ended up being the director of scouting with the Edmonton Oilers for years. Archie Henderson fought everybody. And here's a list of... And here's from the man himself. Okay, let's have a look. Uh, To fight against... Because I was known as a fighter, there were three different eras. The first era was, without a doubt, Barry Beck. from, From when I was in junior until I turned pro... And then during my pro career, it was a guy named Ben Wilson, who played for the Flyers, who I fought two times in my first NHL game. I actually fought Wilson on my first and second shift in the NHL. The third toughest guy in the late era of my career was, without a doubt, Probert. Those are the three guys I would rank in no particular order. But in different eras, there were... There were the three toughest guys I ever fought. Beck was much bigger and stronger than everybody else. One thing about Barry was he was a tremendous hockey player as well, just a very very fierce fighter. Ben Wilson was very mean, unbelievably mean as a fighter, he would really hurt you, and he didn't stop until he hurt you. Provert was an, had unbelievable stamina and could take a punch and then come back and knock you out. All of those guys. If I had to give one the lead, it would be Provert well, there you go there's uh some thoughts from Archie Henderson yeah he uh Archie didn't go down, but man, he took some, he took a thumping from those, in those two, uh, fights with Wilson. Archie had a good call up. He's was with Washington at the time, but, uh, but yeah, Archie Henderson, um, yeah, huge legendary minor league enforcer. And, uh, that was cool to hear his, uh, his thoughts on that. Uh, number four, Rocky Thompson. Well, there you go. Uh, played 11 years, 566 games, 1900 and penalty minutes, six two two fifteen. Um, from the long hair to the missing tooth, uh, Every once in a while he would do a few crazy things just to keep his opponents honest. And throw with both hands, look like a real life Hanson brother. Rocky Thompson was legit. Rocky tom Rocky Hockey was legit. Uh t- yeah, Rocky fought everybody. I didn't realize he played eleven years in the American League. Um uh, I you know, because I watched him at 17 in junior in the medicine at Tigers. Um I love Rocky, he's one of my favorites. Um the the whole Chuck and Duck style with the long hair and uh, like I said the left and rights and he fought everybody and yeah I mean I could I you know in terms of longevity and for doing it for so long like I said I have numerous Thompson fights on my YouTube channel um, yeah I'm I'm down with rocky's awesome absolutely. Number three, Val James. Hey, there you go. Uh, first African-born American hockey player in the NHL. Six foot two, 220. Played 416 AHL games, 740 minutes. It was the 82-83 Calder Cup champion with Rochester. It's a hero in Rochester. Uh, Val took on everybody and very very seldom came out on the losing end. Um, yeah, I mean, if you go on YouTube, there's some there's some Val James footage. Um, unfortunately, he didn't get a long time in the NHL. He was up there with Toronto and Buffalo. Um, but yeah, I know in Rochester, um, he was a hero in Rochester and they're called her cup win. I know there's some pictures I'm getting look pretty cool. He's wearing like a boxing robe with his name on the back and stuff. Uh, when he was in Rochester, um, black ice is his, uh, biography. I suggest, uh, for those listening, if you have not checked it out, uh, I would highly recommend doing so. Uh, lots of fight stories in there. And, uh, actually there is a gentleman, I have it on my thing here. I would like to get him on the show. I'm going to re, I'm going to reread that book. So I'm, I'm up because it was like a couple of years. It was right when it came out. I got it and read it right away. Um, refresh myself, uh, on in the book and then get him on. And, uh, cause he fought everybody really great fight with John Corrick down in the American league. Uh, that's on YouTube. I watched that the other day, actually. I don't know why I was watching somebody put it on the group. Um, but yeah, Val James, man. Absolutely. Uh there well, so what do we got here so far? Fleming, then Henderson, Rocky, Val eh, good list, good list. Uh so what number two, Frank the Animal by Lois, uh eight years, three hundred ninety-four games, fourteen hundred ninety-eight penalty miss, ninety seven ninety-eight Calder Cup champion in Philadelphia. Only rivaled Lindros in terms of popularity in Philadelphia at the time. Uh, nicknamed the animal, uh played was a folk hero in the St. John's and Philadelphia Phantoms, as well as in the East Coast League. Uh, yeah. Yeah, at one time was Mr. Winnipeg in a bodybuilding competition. Yeah, by Lois, man. Uh, yeah, again, long hair, uh, fought everybody. I know, uh, you know, the infamous fight with Doug Smith and, uh, yeah, by Lois. Again, uh, had the great fights with Rocky in the playoffs there. He, he, he gave it to Rocky pretty good, actually. Um, when Rocky first came up from junior, um, I know, I, well, I was East Coast League. I was going to say, I was just actually watching some By Lois footage the other day. He's fighting Richie Walcott and headbutts the shit out of him. That's on YouTube. Definitely check that out. Um, yeah, By Lois is a bad dude, man. Like, and did it for a long time. Even came out of retirement, went to the Quebec League, played with Sherbrooke, fought a great fight with Marasky on my channel when he, and this is like when he's been out of the game for a few years. Got with up with Danbury, went crazy up there, uh, tried, did some boxing, uh, yeah, Baya Lois. Actually, if you want to go to my fourth line voice on YouTube, I know I keep referencing it, but um, there's actually a really cool Manitoba Junior League fight with Baya Lois. Uh, there you go. There's some old shit for you. I got that on my channel. Check it out. Um... um I know a gentleman, Dante, has sort of talked to Frankie about coming on my show. And I've talked to Bialoas previously about we follow each other on social media. And I have talked to him about coming on. Um, I know Alec had him on his show as well. Did a, a linked interview. I'd like to get Frank on. I kind of I, I threw the idea of the five toughest opponents thing at him. And he liked it. So um, when I get back from Vegas, I will certainly be hooking up with him. And uh, yes, so expect a Frank Bialoas interview here in the fall. But uh, yeah, number two. Again, I mean, with with all these lists, um, it's all subjective. I mean, oh well, Val James is better than Frank, or you know, or you know, Rocky was better than so. You know, how are you really arguing with anybody on these lists? And like I said, when you can't, um, I'm assu- I'm kind of guessing. I'm a, I haven't scrolled here, but I'm assuming number one is Bonvie. I would think. Um, let's have a look. Yeah, okay, Dennis Bonby. There you go. Fifteen years, hockey's all time penalty minute leader. Eight hundred seventy one AHL games. Forty. 40- 4,493 minutes at 5'11" 210. He was undersized in all of his fights. Dennis Bondy never took a backwards step. Fought everybody that came through the American League. Uh, did play some, spend some time in the uh, NHL as well. Free agent signing with the Oilers back in 90 and in 96, 97 set the American League record that has since been broken by McGrattan with 522 penalty minutes in a single season. Um, yeah, Dennis the Menace is awesome. He's one of my favorites as well. Um, it's great to see the success he's having, um, now with scouting. I believe he's the director of scouting for the Bruins, I believe. Um, I know he was with the Blackhawks when they won the cup. So he has a Stanley Cup ring too, which is cool. Um, or he might have two. Does he have one with the Bruins as well? Well, he's got one for sure. Um, uh, yeah, again, how do you argue with Bonvi? I mean, yeah, he did fight everybody. He fought everybody. I've known he's fought everybody on this list. Um, well, maybe not Val James, cause he's not that old, but, um, yeah. Uh, now, and again, I'm, I'm, you know, he's the all time penalty in American League by far. And, uh, like I said, to have that lo- longevity, and right to the end, I think it was the second last year, he still had like 400 minutes in Wilkes Bear. Um, yeah, if anyone's out there is interested, Wilkes when he was playing with them at the end, uh, released kind of a documentary DVD on him. It's about 20, I think it's about 25 minutes, half an hour. Has some fights. Just talks about him going to Wilkesbury. It's right when Wilkesbury first got their team in the American League, the Penguins farm team. And they brought him in to kind of be like the showman and, and, uh, you know, kind of get it going. And he did a great job. And the documentary is really cool. I mean, it's not nothing earth shattering news or stuff, but got some cool fights and got some good uh, sound bites on it. If anybody's interested in that, uh, let me know. I can, uh, I can upload it for you and send you the link. So, but yeah, there we go. So we got Bonvi, Bialois, uh Val James, uh, Rocky Thompson, Archie Henderson, Jerry Fleming. Well, that's a hell of a list. I mean, what? I mean, I don't know how anybody can argue with that list. I mean, I guess you could throw oh, Winsick back in the day and Battleship Kelly was, you know, or Larry the Rock Zidel or whatever. I mean, you know, you could always throw out those. And, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's lots of guys that are on this. I mean, you could Rob Skrlach. I mean, he was in Albany forever. Uh, if you want to go real current, Pierre-Luc LeBlanc. Uh, Brett Gallant. I mean, really? I mean, pfft. How long has he been in the American League? How many people has he beat up? Like, everyone that's gone through the American League currently. I mean, you know, I mean, Marasty. How long? He was in Syracuse for a bunch of years. Sugden was there for a bunch of years. If you want to get current guys. Trevor Gillies is a guy. Oh, I'm, I mean, I know I'm missing a ton, but it's just like, you know. I, I think it's the guys, especially maybe like a Bruce Shoebottom or the Roberts brothers. There's some more. Um You know, you can always have these guys that were, especially in the 80s, maybe early 90s, that were kind of around for a while before the whole veteran thing and all that shit, but kind of really homesteaded into that team and was there for five or six seasons. Um, You know, again, I'm, I didn't look, I didn't do any research into the list. Like I said, I'm discovering it with you guys. So I didn't. You know, I didn't oh go down the roster of American League guys and throw out names, but I mean, Pete Vandermeer, there's another guy, I mean, he's up there in penalty minutes. I mean, he could go on and on just throwing out names, so it's, um, you know, and a lot of guys have bounced back and forth, especially back in because I mean, Mel Engelstab was in Portland for a while, but I always kind of think of Mel as an IHL guy, right? With Orlando and Manitoba and stuff. So, I mean, the IHL took a lot of guys away too, because, you know, the, I think the travel was better. They was by plane instead of by bus, and I think the money might have been better, um, unless you were in a good spot in the American League. So, um, you know, so I think guys kind of bounced back and forth from that. Although, I don't think, yeah, it's weird. Bonvie never went to the IHL. Huh. That's interesting. Um, I'd like to ask him why not. Well, buddy he again, he probably had some a good good spot in Cape Breton, and and liked while well, he was from out there. So hmm. anyway, I'm talking to myself out loud here. But uh, anyway, folks, there's your it, this. Is a, it's kind of been a minor league program today. Um, you know, we had the the uh, hockey news, their list for guys this year, and here's the top six American Hockey League of all time. So that was a fun little list. I liked it, and uh, yeah. Well, that's, that's done with me yapping. There's a solid hour of nothing, but, uh, uh, how about we get to Francois and we'll play 10 rapid fire questions. We'll do that. Um, again, this is coming to you. I'm recording this Saturday It is now three o'clock here on Saturday. I'm going to release this as soon as I'm done talking. And, um, yeah, so there will obviously will not be an episode Sunday, um, to, as I said Sunday is my birthday so I will be uh, doing other things but uh, uh, like I said sorry for the for the uh, for the lack of uh, content here the last week but uh, some changes happening and some things going on and uh, I'll keep you guys updated I'll let you well by the time I'm recording well, I'm, I might not know by Wednesday but we'll see Um I might have some news on a new job. So not that I'll be changing over right away. It'll be in October. Even if I get it, it'll be in October anyway. But, uh, yeah. So some changes hopefully on the horizon here at the fourth line voice on, on a personal level, not with the show, but, uh, anyway, I'm done yapping, but check me out on social media, on Facebook and on Twitter, fourth line voice, um, as well as on YouTube, fourth line voice on YouTube. I know I've referenced it 18 times in the show already. But uh, here is my ten rapid fire questions with Francois again. I want to thank him for coming on. Greatly appreciate it. And uh, yeah, guys, enjoy. And uh, we will talk to you cats on Wednesday. Thanks, guys. All right, here on the fourth line voice, I got a returning guest, Francois out in Quebec. Francois, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Just. Uh just uh finished work and uh talking enforcers yeah, exactly Can't go wrong absolutely absolutely well you I, I put the word out on the on the inner on the facebook there that I'm, i need a guest for today and you answered the call so for the 10 rapid fire so uh here we go are you ready yeah well can, at, can fire at me Maybe there there you go well and like i said before we got going it um I, I know out in Quebec and you and I, when I, last time I had John we did a lot of talking about the LNAH and like the AA or the AAA league out there and all that stuff and kind of got a we went and I know you're a big LNAH guy but uh, so some of the questions are tailored that way but um but some of the questions you can go with an NHL guy minor league guy LNAH guy it doesn't matter whatever you want to do it's your questions so we'll start number one number one this is an easy one here you go favorite enforcer of all time. I have to go with Tom Belmar. He's the first one
1: I've known as an enforcer when he was playing in Drummondville in juniors. Uh, first time I, I realized there was a spot on a team for that kind of player. So I have to go with him.
0: There you go. There you go. Yeah, we were just talking about that. We're kind of, uh, you know, he, he's kind of been the, been the champ around the, the LNAH here for the last couple of years or, you know, and, uh, it, it, he might be done now. Is, is that the word? He's retired? He
1: beat pretty bad. He beat Bortolo pretty bad last year. Like, Bortolo is, you know, that that, that guy who went with McGrath toe-to-toe, like, twice. And Belmar got, like, he beat him up pretty bad. So, I have to go with him as champ.
0: Yeah. So, but uh, no word yet? He hasn't re-signed? Is he done? No word yet. Yeah. Not that I know of. Uh, so... We'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm a big fan of Belmar as well. Yeah, he's a, he's a bad dude, man. Um, well, that was obviously you got to go a favorite. Now I got to ask you your most hated enforcer.
1: Uh I love them all. That's the thing. Oh, you, you're uh, trying to be
0: Teflon here. You're trying to slide out of this question. I'm not going to let you.
1: <laughs> I can't dodge a question, right? Okay. Uh, one guy I never liked. I don't know. I was not a fan of uh, Chris Dingman's style.
0: Oh, well, there you go. Yeah,
1: would take him over no enforcer, that's for sure. But
0: oh no, well yeah, yeah. I mean that's the did thing, right? Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Dingman. Did we,
1: yeah. What he had to do, did what he had to do to reach the NHL. So I can't hate him. I love him all, but that's my least favorite guy. <laughs>
0: I get you. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, i remember watching watching him in Junior here with Brandon and yeah, 50 goal yeah, 50 goal scorer one year. Yeah, he's a huge dude. Him and Belak used to fight all the time when he'd come to Saskatoon, but uh but yeah, but hey, like you said, ended up in the NHL, won a Stanley Cup and uh uh I think it Stanley two Cups actually, didn't he? Yeah, he didn't. He? Colorado and Tampa, I think he won two. Yeah, so but yeah, old 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 danger. He's a nice we guy though.
1: To do that for me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Who's now question three, maybe you didn't like him or whatever. Who is someone that you've made or you didn't think was that good. And they changed your mind. Who's someone you've done a one eighty on as you've gotten older, uh,
1: depending on the, the age I was,
0: Chris Neal, yeah.
1: uh, because I love the Canadians. I live in Quebec, used to hate him because he was, uh, intimidating my guys. And, uh, I ended up hating, and uh, loving him because he's a fucking legend. Uh, played all of his, uh, career in the same, same city. Yep. Got his jersey, got his jersey up, uh.
0: Yep. No, exactly.
1: I would have said, uh, I would have said, uh Brendan Prust, too. Uh, I like Prust. Uh, when he was before he played for Montreal it's the same reasons mainly but like before he played with Montreal I thought he was like a grapper and all of that but when, when I got to see him often I, I understood that the guy was uh, doing whatever he could to have a long career in the NHL and taking guys much bigger than him day night in night out so I like the guy too like the guy
0: yeah no I agree yeah Neil and Pratt, those guys are awesome yeah they um yeah, like you said, undersized, them, but didn't back yeah, they, down, man.
1: Two of the two of them together had had like uh, great fights in the series because they were like they were getting ice time with these kinds of players, and they 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 got into it. These two, they had long, long fights. The guys were in shape. Uh, yeah, I love them both.
0: There you go. Good one. on them. There you go. Good answers. Uh, best fight you've seen live. Oh, um, this is, uh,
1: is going to be a strange one. I would say current in Achler, uh, Mason, uh, uh Matthew Oliver, when he played in Sherbrooke, it's, it's late. It's like 2018. He absolutely destroyed a guy. Well, it was toe-to-toe at first, Nathan Hudgens for Drummondville. Uh, I take that fight, too. So it's just near me, and uh, it's the one I, I remember the the clearest, being toe-to-toe right in my face. Uh, yeah, I could hear the punches land. so,
0: and these were juniors. Yeah. So, Best Fight Live, that's the one. There you go. There you go. Alright, well, question number five. The LNH is going to open up the Enforcer Hall of Fame. Who are the first oh. three guys you put in it?
1: Dario, Basse
0: um, who's the third one?
1: I have to go with the third one. I would go probably, I don't know, man, Feral Bate for sure. And then I would try to go with uh, maybe an outsider. Like, let's say Nasty. Yeah. So Nasty. People still talk about them all the time in the stands. I'll go Nasty for Linga. The, the, the entertainment, the raw entertainment of his fights, just going open all the
0: time. Uh,
1: yeah, both being talked about.
0: Yeah, get oh. to the
1: Hall of Fame.
0: There you go. Yeah. Well, like you said, those those first three are pretty. Uh, that's pretty solid, right there. Um Yep as a fan, I mean, you're you're like you said, you're go to all the games in Quebec and stuff, and you've been around all the fans and hear all the talking and all that, and you're on the message boards and everything else um who who do you think is underrated by fight fans? Oh,
1: good doesn't question. get enough credit good question. Uh, I would say I would say Parker in the last years it seems like. Because he has a weird stance when he fights, and we're, it's just sort of a weird swing, uh, I've heard like people knocking him down for that, but I mean, he came back after a long, uh, long time not playing, and, and he took over pretty much like all of the toughest ones in the league uh, in the last year. Or so I think he's underrated. I think what he brings to an LNAH team. Is underrated, and uh, I think people knocking him down over the internet are just wrong. I like the guy, so that's it.
0: And Derek Parker for the for the other folks out there listening, not Scott Parker, but Derek Parker.
1: (coughs) No, 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 not Scott Parker. That's another legend there.
0: Yeah, no, (laughs) I agree with you with uh, with Derek, and I mean, you know, and for to have that layoff like he did and to come back and just jump in, like, right into the deep end, and he starts fighting hev- names right out yeah. of the gate. And, I mean, you know, cool. a little little rough a couple times, but, I mean, towards the end, I mean, him and Hamill there, I mean, that was quite the rivalry, and those were some great fights. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, I like him. I like what he brings. I don't like people putting him down. Well, this not like everyone's putting him down, but I don't think he's getting recognized enough. I think people... They, they they they, expected him to be his 2005 self, like the absolute monster year he had in like his first year. Yeah, but no, he he's he's good. He's good. He's good entertainment too.
0: So oh, uh, yeah, it's one thing. I I don't think anybody could p- complain about Parker's entertainment value. I mean that there is always something going on <laughs> with that guy. Yeah. So no, absolutely. Well, and again, like I said with the first time, you got to go on the other side of the coin. Who do you think's overrated?
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't like not like I not like putting uh, enforcers down. I think who is overrated? I would say I would go. I would go NHL. Uh, never thought Reeves was that. I, I never thought Reeves was that good. Uh, him being the champ is not because he got better or he's that strong. It's just because the league got rid of all the toughest guys. So, uh, I think Reeves is overrated. I don't like, uh, today's hockey fans po- like coining him as like the toughest thing there is. I mean, sure, uh, in the NHL, uh, I'm pretty sure that the last offer... A uh, handful of uh HO guys are tougher, and maybe even LNH guys. So I don't know, yeah. Reeves, let's go. Reeves, there
0: you go. All right,
1: I still, I still, I still like him. I would take him on the Canadians at uh, any time, like if I had a team, yeah, he's on my team, but I think he's overrated by default.
0: Yeah, well, he's sort of product of his environment, right? It's like, yeah, yeah. no, I get what you're saying. Um, number eight. What would be your dream matchup? A fight that never happened, that but you, if you could take both guys and like stick them in a time machine and they square off at center ice, who would it be? Oh, oh my god! Yeah, I would. I would go. Brett Gallant,
1: Louis Bedard.
0: Oh, there, that's a good one, that's man. Crazy. That's, that's a sense. that's a hell of an answer. That's a good one. I, I know.
1: I feel like. Uh, galan's uh accurate punching and uh louiss uh fire punching i would say he he punched he, he punched a lot not necessarily like all hard punches but i i think they would go open and uh they're pretty much the same height louis's a little bit of a cinder block more but like yeah that would have been a good matchup i think
0: that would very- have been
1: like a a good rating
0: on the on the old site. Oh yes, no, that would be a good one. It's funny you mentioned Bedard. I always felt like I, there. I always thought I kind of thought Ellen H I thought Bedard was kind of underrated by people.
1: Absolutely,
0: absolutely.
1: Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I should have thought of him uh, earlier, but,
0: but I again, I again, I don't know why. Uh, you know, local guy. I don't know if he just it just kind of took him for granted that he was always there every year and. 300 minutes, oh, oh. and he'd fight toe-to-toe, and I mean, I guess they just, you just yeah. got used to him, maybe, but yeah, I always kind of, <laughs> uh he always seemed to go on, like, he was never in the discussion, but it was like, man, this guy's, like, worth the price of admission. He was, so people don't, maybe don't think of him too much as an enforcer, because he was taking regular minutes, too. Uh,
1: he was, he was scoring his fair share of goals, like, uh he so I don't I don't know if people like see him and the in the lineage is like a straight just enforcer, uh, but he was taking over the bigger guys. So yeah, he was, he was number one. So yeah.
0: yeah, Bedard's awesome. I love Louis Bedard. Yeah, um, I, love, I love this guy. Gallant and Bedard. That's a great. That's awesome. Um, well, this is sort of yeah. If you could have. Uh, Who did you always, who would you want, I guess, back when the LNH was really rolling and everything else, and you were, you know, going to all, well, I guess you still go to all the games, but you know what I'm saying. Kind of back when it was real, when it was real hot and everybody was there. Who was someone that you always wanted to come to the LNH and never did? Uh,
1: man, that's a, Like, did you ever hear any like in the crowd? Like, did you ever hear
0: any rumors and stuff? And you're like, oh, this guy's coming, and he never did, but you really wanted him to.
1: I would say there were talks. I remember talks about George Larock coming over when uh, it was the lockout. But it's a uh, it's a little bit tough for me because at the at this time I was pretty young. Yeah, uh, I was not very savvy with the internet and all the rumors and all of that. But I do remember when uh, when I was sitting in the stands, there were people like. Talking about maybe Laroc coming over and it's a lockout and and Brashear coming over and we're gonna have Laroc and Brashear and all these guys. So I remember and yeah, I remember that. So I would say I would have to say that for when it was hot, like 2004 to 2007. Yeah, that would be the guy.
0: Do you hear anything like lately? Though, have you heard? Are there rumors still well, out there and stuff?
1: Sure, sure, sure. There are like Laval has, the, Laval picked the Galav brothers. Yeah, I wish they come. Yeah, <laughs> never yeah know. for sure. I would love um, because he's good entertainment and he's pretty young. I know Bedford. They have uh, Emerson Clark. I think I, I can't recall if it's Emerson or Everett. I I, I mix them both, but like. Yeah, one of the Clarks there uh, has been drafted by Stepford. I, I, I remember this guy, like, he could, he could, like, light up a game. I remember him, I think it was, he had jumped out of the penalty box or jumped into the other team's bench. I mean, this guy, if he does that in the LNA, he's going to become a legend.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: yeah, right now I would say the Galantz, Clark. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah we will have to see them.
1: Uh, uh, Boko and Mama in uh, Sorrell have been drafted. Yeah. So if, uh, if, if he doesn't see uh, his future in the NHL, like it's getting tougher and tougher, with every year he's getting older, I mean, I'd like to see him coming over. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. I wonder about Nico Blatchman.
1: I would love to have Nico Blatchman. And he's uh, he was drafted by Laval, too. I mean... And Nico is a little bit of an unpredictable guy. Like, uh, look at how many teams and leagues he has played into. Like, if you pull up, like, his elite prospects page, things like he can, I don't know, he, he, it looks like uh, he could be Laval at some point.
0: Maybe. Yeah, that'd be something. Yeah, imagine. <laughs> imagine if you had the, if Brett Gallant and Blatchford on a line. Imagine that. That'd be something. That would be crazy. That yeah, crazy. Be, we'd be thinking it's night. And, it's,
1: uh, this year, LMH uh, allows um, uh, four full lines instead of like uh, uh, nineteen skaters. It's uh, twenty skaters, so they can they can have like uh, all full all full lines. They, they don't have like a like a, a fourth line of only two guys now. There's three guys on the fourth line.
0: Uh, so more room for influencers. Exactly. They're uh, uh, they're making steps. there, are good for them. That's a good move. Well, yeah. that that kind of goes into my final question. Question number ten. Francois, they phone you up and say, you know what? You're the new commissioner, the LNAH. What uh-huh. would you What would you do? What rules would you implement on your first day in office?
1: I wouldn't implement a rule. I would take some rules away, yep. uh, especially that one regarding the imports. Yep. Uh, I would I uh, would make sure that uh, teams can bring uh, imports over easier. Uh, I would uh, definitely, yeah, definitely definitely make it uh, easier for uh, imports. That's the main one. Uh, the, the The full fourth line has already been implemented. Uh, so that's uh, that's one that I don't need. I don't need to change. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure how the financial side of it works, but I wish I wish a little bit more money was sent into the, the players on the payroll.
0: Yeah.
1: So that you can convince convince the outsiders to come.
0: Uh, so yeah, that's uh, there's a few things I would change there. Well, I'll, I'll ask you this because I know it, it, I saw it on Facebook the other day. I know it was talked about. I think Corey Holland was actually talking a little bit about it. It was, it was a it was a poll. There was votes on it or whatever, and a bunch of people were talking about it. But um, what do you think about expansion? Like they were talking about, would you like to see the Lnh kind of go down the 401 there and go into Ontario again and maybe dip down into the States? Would you before that?
1: Well, it's it's not an Ontario or USA thing for me. It's just I wish all the teams were a little bit closer because the traveling is 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 what makes some some guys um elect to play in the lower leagues or in another league. Uh some of uh Laval's best players have decided to go Triple A because like uh they don't want to go to Jonquière or RDL. You 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 even see guys like getting traded to either of these two teams and they retire.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so
1: uh, expansion, I mean, I don't I, I have nothing against Ontario. It's just junk here to Toronto. It's a little bit too much traveling for a guy that uh, works a five, five day work five day week uh, job, you know? So I would say it's impossible. Yeah. Maybe Cornwall, maybe Ottawa area, I don't know, but
0: uh yeah no, it, I don't see it happening. Did you ever get to Cornwall for a game when they were in the league? Nope. No. No, no, no. I never went
1: there. Uh, never went to to Cornwall, bare On like I've never been there. Uh, they weren't in the league when, uh, well, when I was young, it was only Sherbrooke because it was wherever my parents would drive me. Yeah. Uh, as an as an adult, they were not in the league. Yet.
0: So yeah. Oh, you, you kids. I always forget how young you guys are. Yes, I forgot. Yeah, but. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, well, there you go. Um, yeah, well, not, and that's the interesting thing, like you said, with the expansion. That was sort of like what people were talking about. Yeah, just with the travel. Yeah, because a lot of these guys, like you said, have day jobs now, yeah. you know. So it'd be it'd be interesting, like you said, if the money got better or like the old days, if you could pay them enough. Where they would like okay. that's their job, right? They become hockey. They're like it's like a professional. Well, I guess it's a professional hockey league, but you know what I'm saying. They that's their job as a professional player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: So 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 the difference between like LNH and other leagues, they call it semi-pro in LNH because the salaries do not allow them to to live off of it. Like they they have other jobs. They don't yeah. do it full time. Whereas, like, ECHO, for instance, they do it full-time when they play hockey and they have practices and all that. It's not a question of uh, level of play. It's not – I think LNAH is uh, – whenever they they get a guy from the ECHO, he's he's not always up to the speed. So, like, it's not a question of of uh, the quality of the game, but, like, it's mostly a question of how financially they are paid, the players. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. It's, uh, the money's all good.
0: In LNH. Yeah, well that's a good point. Like you said, yeah. I mean, it's certainly like yeah, and I think that's uh well, I guess that could have been one of the questions that could have asked you is like basically the you know, the the stigma that's around the LNH. Like what sort mm-hmm. of like if like if you could dispel the rumors, I think it's the LNH is a lot I mean, it's the fight league and you know, it'll always have that reputation, but mm-hmm. um I think as someone who's been around that league for a while and gone to many games, yeah, like, the quality of play is a lot better than I think people give it credit for.
1: Oh, for sure. That's for sure. Like, every time you see, like, uh, every time there's, like, a a guy coming over from uh, East Coast, let's say, like, there was that year where the, the Three Rivers team in the East Coast was loaning a lot of players to LNH, and there was a lot of back and forth. The three rivers players were not stand out, not at all. Uh, I think the main difference will be the fact that they practice every day. So, yeah. Uh, so that's it. This is what's making it tough to attract enforcers. It's because well, they they're gonna, you know, they're gonna eat punches for their team and no money. Like, uh, yeah, this is this is something they have to fix
0: in a way. No, absolutely. Hey, um, you had mentioned him earlier. re resigned, didn't he? Isn't he coming back?
1: <laughs> yes, he's coming back. I'm pretty sure. That's the one I know. He's going to come back, and uh, his uh, his name in Laval is. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's say the Laval fans they they, they really don't like him, uh, and Laval they better be prepared to uh, to, uh, to to to. To have Bordello visiting the Colise there because uh, you know you you remember like last year uh, what happened with Parker that no. he lined up Bordie refused to fight and Bordello absolutely trucked him out of the blue uh, and the people were chanting and all that so yeah Bordello back that's that's good for the crowd that's good for the crowd that's one that's gonna get the crowd going for sure
0: oh absolutely. <laughs> And uh, if I remember correctly, just to before I let you go, is uh, Matthew Gagnon is in the league now, isn't he? Uh, good question. Um, because
1: there are actually two Matthew Gagnons, uh, and one's just a good defenseman, like a moving kind of guy, and a good guy, but not an enforcer. I don't know about the, the other one. Is he?
0: Uh, I know, I know he left the UK and he signed with a Quebec league team, uh, but whether he's, you know, like you said, I don't know what, if the money situation or is he going to retire or is he going to play full time, part time? I'm not sure. He is in the L and H though. I'm trying to think who he signed with. 3L, oh, I think.
1: I, I remember that. Like, uh, uh, yeah, I, I remember reading something like that, but then, I, I forgot. I forgot. I, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> no, wow, no, I should have been prepared for that, that but too. That, that's a guy I like. Oh yeah, I like. He's what a bad dude, man.
1: Yeah, in the ECHL, and <clears throat> I remember him from the juniors. That's he's he's about my age, and I I, I was following my my uh, my friend's careers in in the queue, and he was one of the guys uh, back then, uh, and uh, he was pretty bad. He 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 couldn't light up uh, a game. He 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 could completely lose control. Uh, I I like it. I like it that
0: he he he's boiling. Yeah, it'll be <laughs> if if he shows up in the LNH and he plays, it full time. It'll be interesting to see how he matches up with Hamill and those guys. And cause, yeah. yeah, Gagnon's a bad dude, man. And he's still pretty young. Like he's still like, he can't be thirty. Like he might be, you know, twenty nine, thirty, early thirties. So I mean, he's, he's still he still got mileage in those fists. So. Yep, he's uh he's about
1: he's thirty one. Yeah. He's uh born
0: in nineteen ninety two I would say, so uh yeah.
1: he's a little bit older than me. Uh yeah. I'm I'm just uh trying to look uh where he signed and uh what's the well I really I can't I can't say. I'm sorry. I I'm the main L N A H guy, but on that one I'm dropping the ball.
0: <laughs> oh no, no problem, no problem. Like I said, we'll uh <laughs> Yeah uh, I'm
1: so there's Lafarier signing in RDL. So that because last year Bedford had two guys and some teams had none. So uh, and Lafarier was in Thetford So now he's in RDL. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to play uh, and be full time. So that's that's good for the show too. Um, I know I know Poulin's coming back in November. Uh, so Jean Pierre should be having like Bortolo, Poulin, uh, uh, Chris Cloutier and all these guys. Um, yeah, I what? hope, I hope like, the main team that's like going soft this year is Sorrell So I don't know what's
0: going on there. Sorrell who would have thought Sorrell yeah. Sorrel would go soft? That's uh, that's a pretty sad state of affairs. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, well, like you said, it'll 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 be interesting uh, going forward this year. The LNah, you never know who's uh, who comes out of the woodwork and who they sign. But uh, mm-hmm. and, yeah, well, I'll definitely uh, we'll we'll keep in touch about that for sure. And uh, I want to thank you for uh, for coming on today and on short notice and uh, and playing the ten rapid fire questions. I thank you very much. Yeah,
1: thank you for having
0: me, and I uh, look forward for another time, anytime you want. There we go. You heard it here, folks. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out
1: and get a coffee while well, that was on?